Good morning! On this bowl of question crunch, Artatech is here to talk about their amazingly vibrant artwork, answering questions about their art history, their love of 90s cartoons, and their hypothetical demonic pet Furby. <laughs> So I've been a big fan of your work for a while now. I can't remember exactly how I discovered your Instagram, but one of my favorite things is recently one of my friends who uh, she always wears pastel colors. And I said, there's there's an artist that you have to see. I got to show you their work. And I think you're going to love it. It's very uh um, I think you even say on your website that you're a fan of Lisa Frank, you're a child oh, of the 90s, so absolutely. bright colors and gothic macabre and stuff is just, it's my jam. And so I sent it to my friend, my friend was like, oh, I've seen their work, I'm a fan of their work. And so I think they immediately followed, I think they didn't know that you had an Instagram because why wouldn't they know you have an Instagram? I know, <laughs> they might listen, no offense to my friend, but yes, go follow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, that's awesome. <laughs> So I'm just really curious because like I was scrolling through your Instagram when I was making the questions for this interview. I was looking through your photo, the photos, mm -hmm. and I loved seeing your artwork evolve over the time. And I would love to know what is your art history. Um. Okay. So I mean, I basically have been drawing since I was a kid. I mean, I always wanted to be some sort of artist, and then like. I, my art is always heavily influenced by like my environment, pop culture and stuff like that. And like I said, I was a, I was born in the eighties. So I grew up in the nineties. And so my art has always been super hyper, like colorful and bright, like Spice Girls were a huge influence on me. Um, like when, when I was a kid, I was into like, oh, like boy bands, like the Backstreet Boys and stuff. But then I discovered the prodigy, um, but like I kept the same and like corn and Rob Zombie and I kept the aesthetic of like Spice Girls bubblegum <laughs> and just kept so that kind of started influencing like all of everything. It's like a mishmash. So um, I, I basically have been drawing since then. Um, I mostly did pinups for a long time. Uh, and, and focused a lot on that. And then uh, in my late 20s, um, it started sort of evolving more into being inspired by like kitschy culture of like the 50s. Um, and then, you know, I, everybody's nostalgic. I'm super nostalgic for the 90s. And so I just kept going back and pulling from 90s stuff. I don't know. It's like, I guess it's evolved and I haven't really like tracked it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I feel like I'm all over the place with this, but. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, and I mean, it's really weird to say art history because if you don't have something rehearsed, it's really strange to look back at your whole thing and like, yeah. oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, you know, I didn't, I, I started to go to college for fashion design. I didn't even, uh, dropped out <laughs> it's fine um i started uh kind of have been doing art online since i was like 13 or 14 if that makes any sense um Wait, i used to have online? a website really way this. back in the day i'm really where curious where online because i started on zanga zanga was where my oh art was posted. 
I remember Zanga. Uh, okay. There was like the G Angel Fire GeoCities. There was one called Girl Pages. <laughs> but um, I had a domain. <laughs> and I would um, do digital art with my mouse, uh, which was not uh, very easy to do. Um, but yeah, I guess um, I started doing art more seriously uh, in my 30s. Um, and I was bartending for a couple of years and I was absolutely miserable because I could not work on my art and I didn't realize that um, I relied so heavily on doing art for my mental health. And um, I got fired from that job, which actually ended up being like a total life-saving thing and decided I was gonna go fully into art just full-time. And I didn't know if it was going to work. It's like, you know, I have a fallback plan. Um, and that was, I think, maybe five or six years ago. And I have been doing art full-time ever since. I was wondering, because you said that you went to college for a bit for fashion. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, because like, one of my favorite things whenever I talk to people about drawing is there are some instances where you have to make something look sporadic but you're planning it. So it has to look even, but just also random. And I get, I've, I've zoomed in on a lot of the eyes that you draw to see all the twinkles in them. And I'm like, how the hell does someone learn that? Where, where what twinkles to add and where to add them? <laughs> I mean, the eyes are actually one of the easiest things to color because it literally is just, you can just scribble in there. <laughs> and they look good <laughs> the scribbling is one thing the scribbling is one thing i get that but the, the, but you put twinkles and stars and whatnot oh that. yeah that's phenomenal oh thank you i mean that's like i said still influenced by like you know anime from the 90s everything was all sparkly and everybody's eyes were all glittery and like sailor moon was a huge influence and stuff like that and yeah they all had sparkly cute eyes <laughs> and every time i try to do the sparkles i get i i don't think it, i don't think it's anxiety but it might be who knows a i get the sparkles anxiety? and i'm like ah shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay it's fine it's just gotta ease into the sparkles and i do i did see a post on your instagram saying that you don't do commission you didn't do commissions and i loved it when you said i, I mean i don't love it that we're in a pandemic but one of the things you said was uh the pandemic is stressing me out i don't do commissions because it stresses me out and i'm like yeah i totally relate to that because commissions oh. it's really tricky to, to try to get a customer to understand that you have to com communicate with me yes and there's a lot of times where i'll get to like the final part of the art and they're like oh can you change it i'm like <sighs> oh yeah that's the <laughs> And then I also went through a string of uh, people that would commission me and I would bust my ass on their piece and I would send it to them or show it to them and they just all ghosted me afterwards. Like they would receive their piece. I never got a thank you. This is great. It just was like. <laughs> and <they> left, <laughs> left and I was like, I don't know if they like this or they hate it. Like, I don't know. And it that was making me really depressed. and. Um, I, a, a lot of people get really demanding um, and think, you know, like, oh, well, you're working for me. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah. So it just, I, I have decided to step back from commissions for just the foreseeable future. And like, 
occasionally I'll have somebody reach out to me to try and get a commission done that has like a badass idea. And I was like, yeah, I'll totally do that. But for the most part, I just, um, it just, I've got too many mental health issues to want to take on that load of stress for the foreseeable future. <laughs> That's basically it. I really hope that the people who do have a good idea and they just bring it up to you and you're like, yeah, I'm down, let's do this. I really hope they just have faith in your work because I yeah. there's some there's some characters that you bring up that you draw and I'm just like this is amazing. This oh, is, thank you. And my mind and I, I'm gonna this might this might be the answer to the question. I don't know. The next question is what pop, what pop culture related artwork have you made that you think is the most obscure? That's the question. But hold on, I just want to mention the fact that I really love your cell drawing. Whenever I see you do oh, anything you. in the, the movie. <laughs> I don't think that a lot of people, I think a lot of people know about the movie, but they don't, their brains aren't stuck there. Like I, right. like mine is. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I could, oh my God, I can go on for hours about uh, the director, Tarsen Singh. Um, what, hands down, I think one of the most visual geniuses out there. Um, the Cell is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it's like a comfort movie. I'll just throw it on in the background and... <laughs> Um, his his movie The Fall also um, absolutely love that one. I've been wanting to do fan art from that, but I can't pick something that I feel like I can pull off accurately. So I have to keep working with that one. But um, if, uh, when it comes to obscure stuff, um, I love creatures like movie monsters, and um, I will latch on to certain movie monsters that is there'll just be like a throwaway creature or something or they'll be in like a one-off movie and that a couple of people saw and i'll be like oh here's fan art from it and like five people in the back like yeah we got fan art but <laughs> it's like um the movie annihilation um which i thought would have been a huge movie a lot of people haven't seen um and the bear from it um completely obsessed with that my whole back tattoo is the bear <laughs> from that movie um that one was obscure um the the monster from the ritual which i thought that movie was also going to be way bigger than it is um a lot of people are like what the hell is this thing <laughs> that one that one doesn't make any sense to me because i feel like netflix is really super convenient for a lot of people so how have they how have they not seen the ritual I don't know. I feel like the cover art of it on Netflix is not very engaging. <laughs> okay, I believe that. It just that. looks like a hiking trip in the woods. You don't really expect it to be like this fantastic folk horror movie, I guess. What's funny is a lot of times when I when I saw the monster from the ritual in your in your collection, uh, I saw it and I was like, is that the monster from Ritual? I don't know, because a lot of people don't talk about that movie. And I'll go oh to God. the hashtags and I'm like, okay, good. Oh yeah, I've got it tattooed <laughs> on me. Like I'm like, so, <laughs> I love movie monsters. <laughs> the one I am surprised about is the bear. Why? <laughs> that's, that's such a creepy scene. I don't, and you only see like the bear for like one moment. Yeah, <laughs> and I know so many facts about this fucking bear. <laughs> the bear is actually called Homerton Bear. They named it. Um, but <laughs> And the reason what? why is apparently um, it's supposed to be the opposite of Paddington Bear, uh, <laughs> because apparently padding, I don't know anything about London. If I'm getting these facts wrong, I'm sorry. I am aggressively American. Um, 
<laughs> apparently Paddington Station in London is like the best rated train station. And then they said the worst rated train station was Homerton Station. So they named the bear after that. But I don't know, something about the the fusion of the dead woman into the bear and it's is all it's saying is help me while it's mauling these people it's just i was like this is great this is great <laughs> recently at a bar this one person came up like i, I forget how we got in the conversation because i was also drinking but um they had said they're like oh do you know the movie annihilation and i was like yeah and he's like well there's this I forget if it was an episode, but he was talking about Pokemon, that there was a story where the Pokemon was doing, like, the Annihilation thing, and I'm like, I don't, I don't believe you, but that's a terrifying thought. (laughs) (laughs) Is that, like, the Pokemon Fusion Generator from, like, the early 2000s? Do you remember that website? No. I, 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 I was a 151, and that was it. (laughs) My knowledge of Pokemon began and ended with like the tv show because i'm not really the much of a gamer i think i played pokemon yellow and we're way beyond that (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't even know how many there are now i kind of lost count after a while um but i i don't want to see i don't want pokemon to scream at me with the voice of my dying (laughs) my dying buddy (laughs) you know what though it would be really cool Like, oh my God, that sucks so bad. But like, that is awesome. And I'd be like taking selfies. <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> so you've listed a bunch of movies that you're right, that a lot of people have not seen, or at least I think that they haven't seen. But yeah, which is listening- weird because I, I would, I, I don't know. It just seems like they would be more mainstream. I agree. <laughs> and I, I, I want more people to watch, like you've mentioned, a lot of really phenomenal movies. Yeah. Every I've- time... Huge Every time I talk fan. to, oh, go on. Oh, I was just saying, I'm a huge movie fan. That's like all I do is while I'm working is watch movies. If anyone has not seen The Fall, you really should see The Fall because everyone who watches it, I've not heard anyone say anything negative about that film. It's a masterpiece of a movie. <laughs> is like absolutely. I like to sell better personally because of the creepy aesthetics, but like The Fall just cannot be beat. It's probably the most beautiful movie of all time. And that's one thing I really want to make it clear about these films is that even because like when you said that The Cell what is your comfort movie, I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now um, it's hereditary. <laughs> oh, oh, good, good. I'm, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad that you've uh, ditched the uh, fad of horrifying movies being a comfort film. <laughs> that's, why? <laughs> hereditary is your comfort film. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i fell it, asleep to it last night even <laughs> i mean i kind of get it because it's it is like there's a lot of silence in that film so it's pretty peaceful it is yeah i kind of dig that i don't know so i my my whole thing with movies is that like you know they're this i keep i've seen people make fun of people like me online they were they're like i honestly feel like movies are an art form and uh i would love to be able to conceptualize like my creatures that I come up with in my head into a movie environment. And I can't do that. Cause you know, 
I'm, I'm just a regular artist. <laughs> not, I'm not like an animatronic artist or whatever. So I get excited seeing what all these other artists and different mediums create. And so that's why I love movies because it's just a bunch of artists coming together and making something awesome. And if it happens to have like special effects in it or rad monsters, uh, bonus points <laughs> for me. And The Cell and The Fall are very visually stunning films, even if you may not like the plot, which I don't understand because I love those films. But you're trash if you don't like the plot. <laughs> But I'm even just imagining uh, the monster in the dream world, his horns, when it comes down in, like, rolls. Oh, his hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I, what, that's what, Vincent D'Onofrio plays yeah. the, the Kingpin, the yeah. Which gives me complicated feelings because he's also, like, the cockroach guy from. Uh, uh, Edgar. Yeah, is, is that Edgar? Yeah. Is that his name? He's, like, the sugar water. <laughs> well, that's, that a, that's, a name, that's the name of the guy he kills because he's an insect. Oh, he, okay. <laughs> yeah, from um, Men in Black. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, ooh, he's so sexy in the cell. And then he's next, like, his... Yeah, it's just, it was very confusing to me in the 90s. My, my friend, uh, she is a big fan of Law and Order. I think it's Law and Order. I'm pretty sure it's Law and Order. <laughs> and so she was very familiar with Vincent D'Onofrio's, uh, the way he, the way he breathes. And so when, <laughs> when we were, when she was watching Daredevil, she heard heavy breathing. And she's like, oh, here comes the kingpin. And I'm like, <laughs> she was like, I know that breathing. That's my boy. It's my boy, Vince. <laughs> so I'm glad that you're as like marinated by pop culture of the 90s as I am. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what else are we supposed to do in the 90s? Like play outside? There, there's, there's, the sun is out there. I don't like the sun. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of your posts, okay, you know what? I, I want to mention this first. Uh, when I thought this question of what is the most obscure, I thought that you're most obscure because I think, well, because I, I recognized it. I immediately recognized it. I knew what cartoon it was, but I was very surprised to see it because I haven't seen Clown in an Iron Lung in ages. <laughs> the sad clown in an iron lung from Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, I have not seen that or thought about it in a long time. But the moment <laughs> I saw it, I was like, I know what this is from. <laughs> yeah. It's. I would love to have an actual like big velvet painting of that actual piece if I could. Yeah, Rocco's Modern Life was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. <laughs> and that I never quite understood that whole thing of him being obsessed with this painting until I was an adult and I was like, there are so many pieces in my house that are dumb as hell that I was also like frothing at the mouth for. So I get it now. So, yeah. And I think that that's a good that's a good sign for a cartoon because I feel like uh, there are life experiences that as a kid you will not appreciate. And then as you get older and you become a weird adult where you're like, I need that yeah. painting. I need yes. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so my next question is, what is a weird Nickelodeon cartoon moment or quote that you often think about? OK, this was the one that I was like <laughs> apprehensive if I could talk about. I mean. We all saw it. Um, I will never forget. Like I was a huge fan of like Snick and and like a Saturday Night Nickelodeon and um, all the Nicktoons and stuff like that. Like huge fan of them. 
and um, Ren and Stimpy, I was a huge fan of. And I have like a very vivid memory of the Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence episode where he unzips his pants and you can see the beginning of his penis flop out. And I see it vividly <laughs> in my head. And I think they have since edited it out <laughs> or the Mandela effect has happened. I don't know. I don't know. But I very distinctly remember Ren's penis. Your, your, <laughs> your young brain... Your young brain filled in the blanks. If I, if there I was, I still he went zip and something starts flopping and I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 oh <my laughs> that was really the first thing that came to mind when I I read this question. I just was like, oh, this immediately. Like no, <laughs> I don't know I, why. I do I do think that this is the perfect answer for this question because uh your gut your gut immediately knew what to say. Yes, it did. And um, I am glad that it has stuck with me. <laughs> um, it's funny that you bring up Rocco's Marin Live because the moment you mentioned that show, my head was filled with all of these scenes that stick with you. Because I'm thinking of saying, uh, I'm nauseous repeatedly. Oh, nauseous. <laughs> or ask me what time it is. That's another thing that I think about a lot for Rocco's Marin Live. <laughs> yeah, the that one was one of my favorites. I was really big into Doug um, and the Rugrats. But if you watch the Rugrats now, um, people should have been calling CPS on those parents because, oh, my God. <laughs> it's been a while since Yeah, when was the last time you saw the Rugrats go to Paris? It's been a long time. I don't, I don't remember the last time I've seen any Yeah, Rugrats. those children should be taken away from them. <laughs> <laughs> Letting them, letting them eat their reptar bars, turning their tongues green. We don't oh, know I always wanted one. <laughs> I did. I think they even came out with some a couple years ago, and I never, once again, never got it. I feel like uh, anytime there's like a novelty thing, I always want to get it, but you know, oh yeah, not having the money is a big. <laughs> oh yeah, because they'll like they'll be like oh. Uh, yeah, m older millennials will love the shit out of this. They're all rolling in dough. Let's just put a huge price tag on this. <laughs> They're like, hey, remember uh, Ecto Cooler? It's gone. You miss it. Here's one oh. for $200. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I bought an Ecto Cooler purse that was like 80 bucks, and I never use it. And it's just like this it's just like an Ecto Cooler purse. I mean, That's a pretty awesome purse. Why don't you use it? Or is it because it's too much? No, no, no. It just, I just, don't use it for some reason. I should probably rotate it into my clothes. It's just like literally hanging on my wall. <laughs> I don't know how you don't use it. I don't know. I'm a big Ghostbuster fan. I would, I don't, I don't, I don't have purses, but I would fucking wear that one. I would use it everywhere. <laughs> well, the brand that made it is Western Evil. So I'm sure they have plenty more. If Good you to know. Like, I might have to get a purse. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, Friends are like, oh, Jimmy, why are you wearing a purse? I'm like, ha, long story. So I'll yes, do the podcast. I'm super <laughs> badass is why. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'll, I'm going to go back to your art piece, uh, The Cell, because one of the things I think is really amazing about it is you use a lot of very bright colors, very vibrant colors. Uh, the mm -hmm. Cell is not, eh, it's pretty colorful. It's pretty colorful when you compare it to other horror films. Mm -hmm. But 
it's so stunning and so amazing to look at because like a lot of times when I'm trying to pick colors that aren't really associated with the movie mm-hmm. it's really difficult because I'm just like oh but this stuff is gold so how I'm, what color I'm going to choose that's not gold mm-hmm. and you use purple and it's just really amazing to see how uh, you pick a lot of cool colors but there's so much vibrancy with them that I'm like oh this feels warm and so my question is, how, how do you go about choosing a color palette for a piece? I honestly am uh, one of those artists that I don't really pick a color palette beforehand. Um, I would love it if I was one of those because I see some, I follow some amazing artists that can do that and stick to it. I just kind of end up picking the same colors over and over for everything. And um, I have a kind of personal rules that I use with my pieces. Like um, I almost never use red. And I always switch out red for pink. Um, so I just kind of go from there and start with that and just kind of picking and choosing stuff. Like um, it, instead of black, I'll use like a purple or a blue to represent that. Um, if I if there's a brown, um, I might switch the brown for pink or I might just do like um, a pinkish brown. But just I just try and keep my palettes kind of super feminine because that's kind of what I like. But the subject matter isn't always feminine. So I just kind of have to hope it works. <laughs> and I, I think I think the contrast between uh, your art style and the content that you draw is uh, inspiring. I look okay. at it thorough, uh, like uh, one of the one of my favorite ones is the guillotine that you did where it had a little happy face at the top of the guillotine. And I was like, that is delightful. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I I feel like you don't have to stick to being spooky all the time, even if you like spooky and dark stuff. So just make it happy. (laughs) Well, I I even said this at a, we have a horror convention, a Halloween convention in Long Beach area that's called Midsummer Scream. Oh, I've heard that's a good one. It's it's my favorite. I love that show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it because it's it's all about the fun of Halloween rather than just focusing on the horror. Yeah. Um, because I feel like oh, horror fans, everything has to be scary. Halloween fans, they're like, doesn't matter. There's no specific thing. Just have fun. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> and one thing I noticed that going to the going to a Midsummer Scream is that there is such a huge diversity of people because there's just an embrace of anything any any way you want to celebrate halloween celebrate it and if it's a cute if it's a cute monster go for it we all love like there's a there's a huge market of people who like monsters and they like cute things and so you combine the two and it's i i've I've been sharing your instagram all over the place is what i'm saying that's all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah, I mean, if I've learned anything from uh, doing what I do, it's that, like, spooky people love cute stuff. <laughs> and it's it's funny, because, like, the stuff I've done where I've done spooky and cute, uh, I'll have people like, oh, I prefer spooky spooky. I'm like, yeah. And then you go, shut up, and you block them. <laughs> I, I love your video response to the person when you did the uh, pyramid head. <laughs> oh, what? I don't even remember what I said. Because <laughs> uh, someone someone criticized your artwork about it just being pink. Oh, I don't even. Yeah, every, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> People get weird about that. Like, um, 
I'll get people leaving like barfing emojis on my, <laughs> my piece. I did um the blades of like the chaos blades from God of War um and posted them on Facebook and some girl got like personally offended by it and was like, I hate pink. And I this is awful. It's like, well, then like don't you don't have to look at it. Like I just I didn't I didn't make it for you. Like <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, some people get like a really angry about pink and cute stuff. But oh well. That's really strange. I feel I feel like <laughs> of all things that get upset about, it's pink. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It used to um excuse me, back in the um the first years that I was vending, um my setup was uh way more pink and colorful. Um, it's still colorful now, but like I've switched it. Like I was using like lavender tablecloths and everything was over the top feminine. And the amount of men that would refuse to come up to my booth and would stand back when their girlfriends were there. And they're like, I'm not, I'm not going in there. And like, I would hear them like call my booth, like some horrible words. And I was just like, okay. And they would just get so upset by it and didn't want to be seen around it so i don't know that people is, are weird that's some strange toxic masculinity over there <laughs> oh yeah but i switched out my tablecloths to black and now they don't have a problem anymore so i maybe it was the tablecloth <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, that's a i cannot stand for lavender tablecloths <laughs> purple i can't deal with that that's... <laughs> i'm too manly to be around tablecloths that don't <laughs> This tablecloth is the wrong shade of purple. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another, cause like, it, it's strange that you're getting criticism over pink. When I thought, uh, what the pieces that I really love, like, I, I love all of your artwork, but what, cause like, I saw the, uh, <laughs> the Puppy Patrol ACAP oh, one. <laughs> the Paw Patrol one. Paw Patrol, right, right, right. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you also have a uh, what's what's his face the 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 cop burger from Ronald McDonald. Oh, um, Officer Big Mac. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so I, I like it. I like it because like I, I saw the the Paw Patrol one. I was like, ah, I don't have too much nostalgia with that dog. But then you got to the burger. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm not, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do think... a lot of anti-police art, and but I think it's funny to make them hilarious, but people get really upset about them <laughs> oh okay i kind of i kind of feel bad i kind of feel better now because i thought that it would be weird that people get upset about pink and not that oh like, no 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 trust me i've um i've gotten death threats what uh, from doing my uh police stuff i have people wishing like horrible things to happen to me um and be like well let's see who you call in this situation and it's like it's just a piece of dumbass art like so Here's what happened when I did the Paw Patrol piece that I thought was really funny. Um, so um, I was wanting to do another anti-cop piece just because, you know, I felt edgy. And so I was like, hmm, who's a cartoon character that's a cop? Oh, the dog from Paw Patrol, whatever. So I did that thinking it was going to be funny. Um, but I also knew that it was going to piss off a lot of people. And so... Facebook were, uh, had sent me a message. They're like, hi, do you want to start monetizing your Facebook page, your posts? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. 
So um, I turned on the face, the monetization for the post, posted the Paw Patrol ACAB piece, and then didn't check the comments and turned off notifications for it and just let it go. And <laughs> I saw it had so many comments, people arguing and all sorts. So I didn't, I didn't read any of them. Um, and I ended up making uh, like about $450 from the engagement of that post. <laughs> and like this girl was like, you're deleting comments. I was like, I would never <laughs> delete a comment <laughs> on this post. I'm making money off of all of these people mad at me about Paw Patrol. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> Because you knew, you knew it was going to cause trouble. And you're like, I'm just going to put this in the, I'm going to put this oh, out there absolutely. and walk away. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. There's um, uh, one of the, there's a 90s actress. Um, I'm not going to name drop her. Let me take a slip of my water real quick. Yep. Excuse me. Um, there's a 90s sitcom actress that has my ACAB Barbie Fuck the Police t-shirt. And she has worn it several times in her posts because um, she's very political, like very outspoken and political. And every time she wears it, the comments are just full of just the worst stuff you could ever imagine. And um, someone will tag me in it and then I'll get flooded with a bunch of people saying awful stuff. So it's like I'm well aware how people feel about anti-cop artwork and propaganda. <laughs> Damn, it's not been, news to me. <laughs> I've been dropping the ball. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pretty political, but I haven't drawn any anti-cop thing. Now I gotta, if that's what you gotta happens. do it. It'll <laughs> piss everybody off. Just turn on monetization before you do it. Don't read the comments. <laughs> um, I think it's really funny on like Instagram or social media where someone will post an opinion. Uh, someone will say something mean about an artist, and I will, I'll, I'll respond. I'll say, uh, how dare you? And they're like, uh, oh, I'm just sharing my opinion. We're free to have an opinion, right? And I'm like, yes, but now my reply is an opinion as well. So if you're allowed to have an opinion, I'm allowed to have an opinion. It's just Everyone. an opinion, bro. It's just an opinion. I can say your art sucks. You criticism. <laughs> my favorite thing, and I think I mentioned this on podcast before. I'm not sure. But I love it when, uh, <laughs> I love when people use acronyms to insult me. Because I'll make up an acronym and I'll make up what that acronym stands for. And I'll be like, huh, that's weird to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart. Yeah. Like, I never understand, like, slang terms or anything. So when somebody says something to me in slang, I have to Google it. So maybe yeah. if I just start assuming what they're saying to me instead, that's the key. <laughs> it's like a uh, um, uh, trigger. I, I, I. I apologize if this is triggering, but I someone commented KYS and I had to Google KYS. You know what KYS is? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't when I. <laughs> For listeners who don't know what KYS is, KYS is kill yourself. And someone said that to me and I was like, keep yogurt strawberry. I don't think oh. I have the power to do that. Keep yogurt strawberry. That mm -hmm. is very important these days. I, Just kidding. I We're all about not... the black cherry. <laughs> I'm not I'm not too passionate about my yogurt flavors, but I guess I'm now obligated to keep yogurt strawberry. Yes, yeah, you have to. 
this random person has given me that obligation and I can't fail them. <laughs> so someone asked you to draw Furby, a demonic Furby, a Furby demon, as it were. Um, and it's stunning. You're, you're what? I think it was like a set. It's got multiple arms, like things. I've done a couple of demonic Furbies. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Never, never mind. I, and I don't angelic know how to Furbies, one. too. What was that? I also did a biblically accurate Furby. It was a Sarah Furby. I think I've seen that one. I've heard yeah. that one. <laughs> I want to hear it in the Furby voice, Be Not Afraid. Oh, yeah, the little Be Not Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> if your Furby demon was your pet, what would you name them? Oh, so I have an answer for this already, and I didn't even come up with it. Um, So I was playing through um a role-playing game with a group of friends over the pandemic um and i think my friend wrote it I, I don't know if it was based on like vampire the masquerade but he totally wrote most of it but we uh my character had a pet demonic furby and his name was lord furbacious perfect and he hated my guts but i loved that little guy <laughs> So if I had a pet demonic Furby, it would be Lord Furbacious. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't have like a, a a last name to it. Is that Furbacious just one name or? It was just one, you know, one and done. Lord Furbacious. <laughs> um, have you seen Mitchell versus Machines? Yes, I loved that movie. <laughs> okay, because we said that the, you you explained the demon uh, the when you did the impersonation of Furby as as the angel or the Sarah Sarah Furby. Um, it made me think of the giant Furby from Mitchell. I love, that. I love that Furby so much. That whole scene, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. And of course, everybody else was like, that scene was disturbing and fucked up. And I'm like, no, I would be so thrilled if a giant Furby came out with a Furby army. I, I absolutely adore <laughs> the giant Furby <laughs> yelling so passionately with such a deep voice. <laughs> I don't even remember what he said. He said something like hilarious that I was like, oh my God, this is like the best thing ever. Well, I it's remember. in Furby language, but saying something like uh, may the blood of our, of, of our, <laughs> some, some really, <laughs> some really evil. Yeah, but, I think that was why I liked it. <laughs> but like every other, every other Furby, they do the passive Furby kind of conversation. I was like, ah, ah, but this one is yelling as passionate as possible. <laughs> you did a really good Furby impersonation. I'm actually very impressed right now. Uh, thank you. I practice nightly. Uh, <laughs> I figured. Yeah, I can tell. It's paying off. Yeah, every every night. It's my ritual of uh, before I go to bed. You do your look creams. In the mirror. Exactly. You do your creams, and then you practice your Furby speak. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. I know people have said for years that it's it's a weird thing to do, but I think it's paid off in this podcast. It has, yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love. I I, I brought up the A cab. I also uh, there's a bunch of other pieces that you do because you are politically. Uh, um, I I won't inspired politically inspired. You're politically active in your artwork, and I think it's mm -hmm. amazing. And um, I feel, and this is the question, I'm going to ask this because I want to know your answer to this, but I think it's true. Does the world accept criticism better when it's cute? Because, um, oh, go on. 
Oh no, finish what you're gonna say. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. I think it is. I think it's true because I feel like uh I feel like if you I feel like if someone sees anything dark or spooky, like something really dark and spooky, they're already gonna turn it off. But mm -hmm. if they see some criticism and it's it's amusingly cute, like hilariously cute, where they're like, that's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. I think that it's more palpable. But I would like to know how you feel, <laughs> despite even though you just said that you get comments and hate speech. In your... Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't know. Um. I I don't think. I don't think there's a yes or no answer to this one. Um. Because I think that. Uh. I always think of like you are not immune to propaganda. Um. You could absolutely see, all of my art that is all the left leaning, like my A cab stuff, my come back with the warrant, all of that. You could see that as propaganda. Um, and some people uh, can see the humor in it because it's cute and funny. Um, and then a lot of people don't. And a lot of people get really pissed off and offended. So I don't know. Um, I feel like different people respond to different types of propaganda because, I mean, uh, I hate to, to bring up QAnon, but if you see some of the graphics from QAnon, it looks like, you know, like a 14-year-old made it in like MS Paint. And they're like, oh. <gasps> this is real and then they'll like see some dumb shit that i've done and they're, they're like oh this is some leftist garbage trash so i mean like i don't know like, <laughs> i don't think there's a yes or no answer to it i think it just is individual for each person like everybody's different and how they respond to it i'm gonna correct myself and agree with you more because <laughs> oh you don't have to you can no 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 i do because i feel like that it was a compelling argument that you're right i've seen i've seen QAnon and conservative type folks share a meme and they're like yeah. oh look it's it's true and i'm like how do you know it's true and it's like well why would it be on the internet if it's not true and i'm just like look at it it doesn't look real what <laughs> there's no citation there's no th I, I don't know i, I feel like they're onto something with like the reptilians though <laughs> <laughs> So like, all right, you got. And you're right. Like, you you've spent hours on a piece of artwork that's really stunning, and they're just like, meh, some, some liberal going crazy. I'm like, but look, the sparkles in the eyes. You can't just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't just write that off. <laughs> Somebody spent a lot of time on those sparkles. Um, I think that the number of twinkles in your eyes makes you more valid in an argument. I think so. <laughs> it's completely. An honest and true statement. Yes, I agree. Thank you. I don't have to fact check shit if they've got <laughs> 10 twinkles. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like um, I feel like stuff is easier to digest if it's funny, though. I think that's why like political cartoons uh, kind of pop off. You know, I'm going to pat myself on the back because I do political cartoons. But <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I've also gotten pissed off by political cartoons, so I <laughs> I'm still going to pat myself on the back for the Oh yeah, no, there's some great ones. Like I like the one I I can't remember if it was I think it was a, a true one where they're like, you know, the leftist idea of Disney World and it looked awesome cuz they're like here's the gender affirming uh reaffirming Ferris wheel and it's like, oh, that sounds great. Like, yes. <laughs> it's like no guns allowed. Yes. I would not like to get shot at Disney World. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of not getting shot at Disney World. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs>
I also saw some meme where it was saying some uh, millennials dream house. And I forget what it was, but there was like one room that was like everything else I agree with. And there was one room where I'm like, can I trade that out for a charcuterie uh, kitchen? Oh, a charcuterie <laughs> room. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't remember what the room was, but I'm like, I'm not down for that. <laughs> well, it's now the charcuterie room. We have decided to change it. We have made that decision. And when I saw the memes of like, oh, charcuterie is just uh, Lunchables for adults. And yeah, I'm like, adult Lunchables. I'm not going to argue that. No, because it's absolutely true. <laughs> I'm a fan of Lunchables and charcuterie. Anytime that you have like little things I can I put together to make a big thing. I love Lunchables. Do you, <laughs> do you still buy them? I still buy them. I, I buy them whenever I want. I don't necessarily buy them often, but just because They're I great. never... It's like a great snack in yeah. the middle of the day. Just like go bust out a Lunchable. It, it is a charcuterie. It, and the little it, pizzas. It never occurs to me to get one, but whenever I see one and I'm like, you know what? I want one. I'll get it. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> you should. And then you get the little pizzas and you make, you make them and then you slap the little bad boy in the microwave for 10 seconds. It's like a like luxury <laughs> um i know my uh my where the warehouse i work at they used to we moved to another building but the previous building had a snack fridge and mm. they had lunchables and i'm like fucking i'm gonna buy the shit out of this <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> it was good because a lot of times the snacks you had a you had a heat for a long time but lunchables are ready to go yeah they are ready to go out the package you just Mm-mm-mm. Delicious. Now I want Lunchables. <laughs> I'm probably going to get one today because I, it's, <laughs> now I yeah, have Yeah, I was going to gonna go out to dinner, but now I think I'm just going to eat Lunchables. First. Yeah, I don't have to see people. I can have Lunchables in my, in my, and with Disney Plus, I can watch 90s cartoon, eat Lunchables. Good. <laughs> oh my God, that's the perfect night. <laughs> I, I'm currently watching Gummy Bears on Disney Plus, so that's not too much of a joke. <laughs> the Gummy Bears are on Disney Plus? Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> you know, I mean, the whole afternoon block is there. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Because <laughs> I, re I recently finished watching uh, a binge of Gargoyles. Okay, I knew Gargoyles was on there, but okay. I didn't know Gummy Bears. Like, I stayed at Disney World, like, a maybe, like, a decade or so ago at a, one of their hotels, and our hotel room had Gummy Bears art all what? over the walls and i was so excited <laughs> but it was a decade ago so it's not it's probably changed now i don't know it was in the um it was either i think it was in the pop century resort but yeah it was definitely they had gummy bears and they had something i think it was called the wuzzles i, don't I know, know about the wuzzles I'm, I'm not i'm not too familiar with what they are but i do know the i name. saw it and it unlocked some memory that has been deeply buried in my brain <laughs> Couldn't tell you anything about the show. There was a half bear, half bee. I can tell you so much about uh, the gummy bears, though. Uh, I've got that theme song on on ready. It um, is stuck <laughs> in my head. It has been stuck in my head since what the eighties? Is that when it came out? Uh, it an eighties or nineties show? At Comic Con, uh, I went to a panel and they explained making the nineties block. And Michael, uh, it's Michael, right? Michael Eisner, I think that's his name. Yeah. And uh, he came into a meeting and he's like, "Hey." We want to. I want to make a show about the gummy bears, and the writers are like, the the candy. And he's like, yeah. It's like, all right. Um, <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do, but let's whatever. <laughs> they nailed it. Is what happened. They nailed it. 
And that, now that I want that one of the most informative juice. panels I've ever. The, the, that panel was one of the most informative panels I've ever seen because they the singer who did the song for Ducktales didn't want to put the woohoo because he said it was too childish. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All, all of all of the production team was like, "No, we need the woohoo," and he was like, "No, I think it's silly." I'm like, "It's a kids' cartoon." He's like, this is a very serious passion project of mine. There cannot be a single woohoo in my. I can't have woohoos in any of my work. <laughs> so he thought the woohoo was too childish for the Ducktail song. Yeah, despite the song singing about <laughs> like, anthropomorphic we, ducks. Have we heard adventures. the rest of the song? <laughs> <laughs> the, the danger looks behind you, but woohoo? Nope. <laughs> yeah. So would it just be like silence? At that yeah. point, ducktails, nothing. <laughs> yeah, disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> so you do a lot of back to back to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot of conventions, and I love the videos, the advertise because like there was one where you did kind of like an infomercial thing. It's like, are you tired of not blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I love exhibiting shows. Exhibiting shows are pretty fun. A lot of times you meet fans, you have good conversations, but every now and then, like, there's, like, this one moment that really sticks in your mind. Oh, yeah. What has been one of your favorite experiences exhibiting at a show? Oh, God. Um, I don't know if I can pick just, like, one specific experience. I love, 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 love vending so much. Um, I get to travel with, like, a, I have a crew of my artist friends that we all travel together and we hang out. It's basically like a vacation. And then, um, you know, I get to sling my art to people and I get to meet the coolest people ever all over the place and beating people that like, like my art because they're on the same mental wavelength as me is amazing because it's like, you know, um, we're weird people. <laughs> I can tell you're, you're also a weirdo. I see that in the nicest way possible, but it's like people like that um converging in a big convention space because everybody all has the same like everything it's just the raddest stuff so i get to talk to um like fans from all over the place that just want to come up and be like hey i like your art it inspires me um i get to meet other artists so i mean it's like kind of a broad answer not like one specific moment but i would say just like meeting everybody is it and then i get in all of my social interaction for the month and then like i go back into hiding into my cave <laughs> where i don't like change clothes for like three days and <laughs> that's amusing because you just started with uh i think that we're all on a weird wavelength and i related to everything you said but most definitely i relate the most to you hitting your socialism your socialism your socializing quota <laughs> and the and socialism quota <laughs> socialism quota no uh socializing with people i'm like okay i'm good for the month i can now right. sleep away into my cave and not yeah. worry about people for a long time yes yeah yeah it's the curse of being like i'm, I'm an extroverted introvert i guess is the easiest way to say it. Like, I love talking to people and interacting with people, but oh man, if I just am alone in my room, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I've, I've told people the same thing that if uh, I can be, I can be around crowds, I'm pretty good. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm funny, I can have conversations. Mm -hmm. But if you give me any chance to hide, 
I'm going in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same, same. <laughs> oh, you don't need me for a week? Guess I'm not putting pants on. I'm not going I, out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, that's great. And then um, when you do have to leave the house and you're like, no one's going to see me in this outfit. And then you run into somebody. And it's you're unwashed. And fortunately, um, fortunately, the pandemic has made it uh, less likely that I run into people. Uh, <laughs> 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 yes, a pandemic killed a lot of people, but at least I don't have to worry about being in a scene. It's fine. Yeah, I don't have to see anybody. <laughs> well, like, I, I, I've been to Disneyland during, I've been to Disneyland once it opened up, but uh, I wear a face mask and I see a lot of my friends who go to Disneyland. They're like, oh, you got to take off the mask for a photo. I was like, nah, you know, my, you know, the bottom half of my head. You don't need to see it now. <laughs> Yeah, I like wearing the mask because, like, I can just make faces at people all day long and they can't tell. Yep. But unfortunately, uh, I live in the South and over here, uh, it's like, what pandemic? So it's completely different from how it is over in California. Like, I remember it was in the... Uh. <laughs> oh, no. I remember it, um, it was in the... It was still, like, kind of the height of the pandemic and I was doing something in Florida and we went down there and my partner and I were like, what? Nobody here is wearing a mask. Nobody. <laughs> the entire state of Florida, not a single mask to be seen. And oh, I was vending a convention, Spooky Empire down there. And that was, um, uh, I accidentally started an internet fight uh, because this lady that was across uh, in a booth across from us, all of us, we had to wear a mask at all times. And um, uh, ooh, this one can actually loop into the last question about a good interaction you had. Cause this it's a bad interaction, but also a good interaction happens later. Um, okay. We all wore masks. <laughs> I got in a and fight, the, and it's a it's a good experience. <laughs> the lady across from me um didn't want to wear it, and they said that if we were eating, we didn't have to wear it. So she sat there the whole time pretending she was chewing. So anytime like anybody worked, she was just like. Like just pretending she's just chewing and we watched her do it and um i posted a video or something from it on on one of my pages and um uh somebody was like you know oh wow i'm glad they're doing a convention right now and i was like yeah i just uh, hate the woman across from me that didn't want to wear a mask that so she was pretending to chew and ooh boy i should have monetized that post because <laughs> i got my ass handed to me by every person that has never wanted to wear a mask. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> but at that same convention, um, I will say Corey Taylor was there from Slipknot. Um, and he came by my booth and bought a bunch of my stuff. Um, and uh, it, I got to thank him for positively contributing to my musical tastes in the 90s. <laughs> And, you know, I sold the painting to Corey Taylor and he thought my Barbie ACAB piece was hilarious. He lied to me, though, because he told me he was going to put the ACAB Barbie sticker on his guitar and he never did. Or maybe he did. It's just his home guitar. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you lie to me unless. Uh... Corey Taylor! <laughs> really nice guy, though. <laughs> I. I almost, I'm, I'm not going to say almost, but one convention I went to, uh, Nicolas Cage was walking straight to my table. <gasps> and I asked my buddy who was sitting next to me, I was like, is that Nicolas Cage or is it a cosplayer of Nicolas Cage? Because he looks too Nicolas Cage 
He looks too much like Nicolas Cage to not to. He shouldn't wear that in real life. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> and he looks over. He's like, "No, that's a, that's really Nicolas Cage." <laughs> I would have screamed. I love Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I I was just waiting. I'm like, "Come on, come to the table. Come, come on, on, come on." Did he come to your table? He did not. He did not. Oh, and boo! It was it was at Vegas. It was at a amazing Las Vegas Comic Con, and uh. He was not there for anything else except to just be a nerd at a convention. He didn't have a panel. He did not oh, have anything that. to be there. He just is a nerd. That's exactly what I want to hear about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. <laughs> in your Instagram, there's a lot of Guillermo del Toro artwork. And I am a huge fan of Guillermo del Toro. Me too. Um, <laughs> It's ridiculous. Like whenever I see his name associated with anything, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm fucking same. sold. I'm the exact same way. <laughs> and this question I have uh, combines your love of 90s stuff, Gamma de Toro, and I've seen a lot of Ninja Turtle stuff throughout your Instagram. <laughs> uh, you have a backpack that was a shell, and I was like, I have. You have a lot of cool merchandise that I would love to have. Like the I turtle. actually have some original 90s cells from the Ninja Turtle cartoon. They they sold them in Toys R Us in the 90s, and my mom bought them all. That's pretty amazing. I think the only, yeah. cell, the only cell I have, like everyone else has cells, I have a cell of uh, real Ghostbusters. That's <laughs> awesome, though. I have one from Doug. <laughs> That's even more awesome. <laughs> um, if Guillermo del Toro did a, t- a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, which turtles, because you know Ron Perlman and Doug Jones would have to be in the film. Yes. And I was going to say, who would they play? Because I think Ron Perlman would be an awesome shredder, but... Oh, I see, want... I thought you were saying they had to, they had to be the turtles. Yes, I want to be specific on them playing the turtles, because okay. I think he'd be a good shredder, but I want to oh, narrow it like... down. Yeah, so I feel like it would be just like the honest, easy, like, duh answer. Like, obviously, Ron Perlman would be Raphael. Uh I think he's got like the attitude to do that. And uh, I hate to lump them into basically stereotypes, but I also think Doug Jones would be Donnie. Cause I don't know. It just seems like he's the smart, like he he's good at being nerdy and smarty, smarty, smart, smarty. <laughs> nerdy and smart, I guess. Um, he's good to be, he's good to be that little uh, stack of candy. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like he, that would just be the obvious answer for it. But, like, dude, if I could get Ron Perlman as Shredder, oh, my God. Right? The question, though, would be, like, would it be animated? Would it be puppetry? What? How, how would he do it? I feel like Del Toro would kind of do all of it. <laughs> I think it would be all of it because I feel like, uh, I feel because, like, the 90s Turtles one, they had stunt folks doing the puppetry of the Turtles, but they had... <laughs> voice over for them they yeah. had voice actors They're so i good. feel like guillermo del toro could and would do that oh yeah yeah i feel like he would do badass like suits on them oh my god i, I think yeah because i feel like i feel like it would be very much like the 90s movies as far as like, like practical the, effects yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> now we're both like 
what would he do? Because <laughs> now so, I like, want to know who Michelangelo and Donatello would be playing. Yeah, I was trying to think about that too. But like, he kind of goes a little all over the place with his actors that he casts. So like, I don't, I don't know. Well, because um, like, you, you would have to, you would have to do the main two. You'd have to do the main two, Ron Perlman and Doug Jones. Yeah. And the um, other two, you're right that it goes all over the place. I'm like, who else would be the cliche thing for him? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Charlie Day. <laughs> I would love Charlie Day to be a Ninja Turtle. Uh, Michelangelo or Donatello, which one you want? Oh, no, no. Donatello is going to be... Uh, uh, oh, right, right. Doug Jones is Donatello. Doug Jones. So Michelangelo... I would say he would be Mikey. You'd be Mikey? I guess. I don't I know. I think that'd be good. I think it'd be fine. Well, because like, um, right, when I brought up the, all the Guillermo del Toro artwork in your Instagram, one of them I thought was really funny. And this might also be... <laughs> this also might be the answer of who's the most obscure character that you pick. Um... Poppy, uh, pa Papa, damn it. It's the grandpa from uh, Sunny in Philadelphia. Always oh, Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, um, Danny DeVito. Um, no, the, I... oh, Doyle. When he, when he lifted up his hat and the bird flew out, Guillermo del Toro played that character. Oh my God, I completely forgot about that. But you drew it. Did I draw? You have a drawing of it. <laughs> That's like I'm barely remembering this, but like <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't even remember that. When I saw the bearded guy with the bird on his head, I'm like, ah, oh, I love that character. And you're like, <laughs> that sounds cool. I wish I could draw that. I forgot I even drew that. I'll be honest with you. I smoke a lot of weed, and okay. it is probably the result of that. And I probably just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. It and then was. Completely forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and I think it's fantastic. And so we got Ron Perlman, Doug Jones, Charlie Day, Charlie Day being Mikey. So we got to get a Leonardo. Um, Are we going to do something completely random or? Let's do a... <laughs> Throw in a wild card there. Let's do um, Anya Taylor-Joy. I feel like they're casting <laughs> everything these days. I think she could do it. I'd watch it. Spice uh, it up. She's got a hell of a, she's got a hell of a lot of range. It's pretty impressive. I know. I'm impr I like her a lot. <laughs> I think um, she could do it. My Let's friend saw her. the menu. My friend saw the menu and she's like, uh, I I've never seen anything with that uh with that uh woman on it. I haven't seen anything else with her on it. Uh she had not seen the chess show on Netflix, and I was like, ignore the chess show on Netflix. I love it, but she's been in a lot of movies. I refuse uh -huh. to believe that you haven't seen her in anything else. Like the Witch and Last That's Night I brought in Soho. Up. I brought up uh, The Witch, and she's like, oh, she's in that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she's a baby in that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, what words of advice would you give to someone who is trying to combine two genres, but they don't think it's going to be well-received? I mean, so you just kind of have to do it anyway. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, we're in a, a day of social media, like an age of social media where everything is like likes, likes, likes. But if you're not making art for yourself, for the most part, it's going to come through in your art and it's not going to work out. So if you're trying to force it and you don't fully believe in it, then it's not going to work. So you just kind of have to just do it, put it out there, hope it sticks. If it doesn't, 
move on to the next thing. But I mean, that's basically it. Uh, just don't be afraid to get crazy and uh, wild with it. That's that's it. 